I am back with another episode, episode two. Today I'm here with my boyfriend Carson of almost three years. Um, We have been through a lot together, moving to Florida, living in Chicago, doing long distance before we actually met in person. Um, But before we start off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who gave me just such amazing feedback on my previous podcast. It means the world to me that people actually listened and that they enjoyed it and just all the love and support I got from everyone. Thank you so much for that. So, Carson and I, do you want to say how we met? Sure. So, (laughs) we met through a mutual friend not in person, on Snapchat was like the first time we actually talked, but we were like putting a group chat together with like this kid that we knew, and then um, we kind of just started talking on Snapchat, and then once we like kind of got to know each other, we kind of like ditched the whole like mutual friend group, and we kind of just started talking on our own, and then we met for the first time in person um, at my high school in Chicago, St. Rita. We um, FaceTimed before we actually met. We FaceTimed for a whole month yeah, it was a before. Month. All it was was FaceTiming every night. And that's just how we kind of eventually started dating. We didn't kiss the first time that we met. Um... What are your thoughts on that? Here's my uh, question. Is do guys want to kiss on the first date? Um, I'm sure most guys do. I'm sure it just depends on who you are. What were your thoughts? I didn't want to kiss you. Oh, sorry. We have Smidgen here. If you're listening on Spotify, Smidgen's in Carson's lap. What were my thoughts on that? Yeah, was- like leaving the night, I didn't kiss you. I wasn't, like, distraught over it. Really? Like, I wasn't... Like, that wasn't the only thing I was focused on. It was, like, the first time we met, so... Well, so, he came back downtown, um... Like... A few days after we first met. When we first met, I met his whole entire family. Like, literally every single person in his family. His brothers, his grandparents, his parents... everyone family friends were over it was really intense for me i was really nervous really scared i went there all by myself my mom didn't drive me um but it ended up working out so um eventually we continued our relationship we learned so many different things um and in march 2019 i had to find out that carson was moving to florida um that was definitely he knew before i i knew for like a month and a half before but my parents told me that we weren't allowed to tell anyone and so like even immediate family members didn't know and so my mom like texted me one day asking if Allie knew like you you texted I remember this you texted her when we went to the arcade that one time yeah yeah and you yeah. asked if you could tell me and your mom said to wait yeah so then like I don't know if it was a couple days later or it was what a couple days after but we were 
in my room and I went to go take a shower I left my phone on the bed and Allie decided to go on my phone and she ended up seeing those texts about me asking my mom if I could tell her. So I came out of the shower to Allie like crying and freaking out and then well, this is my we first relationship. To, yeah, we kind of had to deal with it as it, like, unfolded. And he already lived about an hour away. Yeah, I lived in... I went to school uh, near the city, but I lived, like, 40 minutes outside of where Allie lived, like, downtown Chicago. So it's not like it was, like, a easy relationship to begin with. We were still far, and if you know about living... In the suburbs in the city it's not it's not actually 40 minutes to like get there and get back it's no, it takes a lot longer than that so it was hard to see each other to begin with and then we decided we were gonna move and that just made it like a whole lot harder so time came that Carson had to leave and I drove down with them to Florida um, to Georgia first I yeah you had a baseball tournament so yeah. we drove down to Florida um, I stayed with them most of the summer and ended up going home and from that point on I just traveled back and forth to Florida. We broke up for two weeks during quarantine and then after those two weeks I ended up going to Florida to spend quarantine with his family. So I was quarantine. living with him, his brothers, and his parents which was definitely different for me um which we will eventually talk about how that differed from my home life um and here we are we're he's um playing football in college in a different state and so we're still going good still going strong which is great but um, I think we have a lot of advice to give, and I think there's a lot of questions on how our families were allowed or allowed us to live together at such a young age, um, which is always the first thought, first question for everyone. Did people ever ask you, like, how... I don't think I've even asked you this. Did people ever ask you, like, how our parents allowed it? No, not really. People just kind of criticize it from the outside without saying it to your face really yeah like friends of yours friends i don't think i had friends that did like their parents really because they all feel like you living with us is like you know mine was mostly like family because immediately everybody's especially adults when they look at like young relationships everybody's minds immediately go to like Sex. sexual relations and yeah. stuff with young kids which that's not like if you know us if you're close with Carson and I meaning like really close you've hung out with us like us with you um, you know Carson and I and you know our intentions and we don't like we're not just to be, not, not to those be type like of people cocky or like arrogant but our relationship is a lot more mature than most people's relationships our age which i know a lot of people say that in their relationships as teenagers but we genuinely have had so many compliments on how mature we are and um 
just how far along we are with everything. I mean, we talk about everything and issues we've had in the past. We talk about like, it's not like it's nothing, but we're not scared to, yeah. Um, and so through that time with my family, I, in Chicago, both my parents work, my sister had eventually moved out. So I was home alone all the time and I was going through my eating disorder at the time and comparing being at home alone, not wanting to eat, literally not wanting to be alive, comparing that to spending time with a fam, like an actual family that goes fishing, that goes boating, like you have family dinners together, you're going to the pool all the time like comparing that to what chicago was at the time being completely shut down um my so many people in my family that weren't immediate but then some were immediate family members literally tried so hard to get me to come back home to chicago like literally so hard and through that Again, there was so much judgment, and there's still, even just a few months ago, living in Florida with Carson, um, I still had family members, like, saying stuff to my mom, saying, like, Allie needs to get home, she can't be in Florida, but little did they know what I was going through at home, and the happiness and strength that being in Florida gave me, and I give so much credit to Carson's parents, too, because they helped me through my eating disorder, and... I think that was also another big concern for people was being in Florida. I had lost a lot of weight, but um, it wasn't an intentional thing at the at that point. But there was a time where Carson sat me down. Do you remember what time I'm talking about? It was when we were in your room. It was in like May or June. Yeah. And you were like, you can't. Like, we need to actually figure this out instead of, like, just letting it go or else you are going to go home. And if this shows you how bad I did not want to be home because of how bad it affected, like, me mentally, that was what switched me around. Because just of how living was at that point, just being by myself all the time and being so focused on food when I was at home... By myself like no one in my family noticed that so no one really knew that being in Florida was actually helping me so much mentally so that's just a shout out to everyone who tried so hard to like get me to go home and judged me so hard for living with Carson's family like little did y'all know what was actually going on but that's besides the point um what's what else so going back a little bit to long distance what were your thoughts like going into long distance like if there's a if you could speak for a lot of guys what would you say is their main thoughts when they're going into it Mm, probably your number one thought is being worried about being apart and what you're significant other is going to do when they're not with you and having like trust issues and stuff that's probably that's speaking for like both like both sides both sides the number one thing is you're going to be 
worried about like what the other person is doing, trust issues, and then like just not being able to see each other and stuff. So there's there's really everything that you worry about with long distance all basically comes down to like trust issues. I think a lot of girls and me especially, I when Carson and I started long distance, I did not realize that guys worried about that stuff. I didn't realize that that was like such an issue for guys to worry about. I thought it was just like a girl thing of like, oh, I think you're gonna cheat or you're gonna like. Well, guys do try and play it off like they don't care. Or if you're doing long distance, then your relationship is probably more far on than most people's because if your relationship doesn't mean that much and it's kind of just like a fling then you're not going to actually like work to make long distance work because you're, you're not going you're not going to care that much. So mm-hmm. if you actually care and want to make it work then you'll actually do that. If you don't then it's just not going to work out. And we did struggle with long distance. I'm not going to lie like it was really difficult not being able to see each other and um those we weren't apart for as long as some long distance couples do it like for months on end we would at most it was probably a month that we didn't see each other you think yeah a little longer than that sometimes maybe a little longer but um you still go through like the trust issues and worrying about what they're doing and not only that but like worrying if they're okay I think my biggest fear was worrying about you getting hurt and me not being there I always worried about that and I still do when I go back home um yeah so to it's scary combat that a little information on Allie is Allie lives in the city I know what you're gonna say she wakes up or used to wake she used to wake up when she was you know kind of going through her eating disorder she would wake up at like 4 a.m sometimes like earlier and she would go straight outside. She'd walk around the city until like seven a.m. Mm-hmm. She'd go work out. And I'd go work out. It, well, she yeah, mainly she'd go work out. But then she also would walk around the city with no sort of protection. No offense to Allie, but she's not gonna <laughs> hold her own against some guy that's gonna come after her in the city, which. To people listening to this may think that's, like, a joke, but it's really not. Because in Chicago, that stuff happens, like, All literally... Every day. Every single day. Well, so it's time. not, it's not like, a kind of like a joke. It's serious. So Allie doesn't really understand... Or, well, she kind of does now, but she didn't understand that that was so, like, dangerous. Especially at the time when all kinds of stuff were going on in Chicago. So, so she didn't understand that. So she's worrying about me getting hurt or injured in sports or whatever. And I'm worried about her literally getting kidnapped or something because she's walking around the city at all hours. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I really knew that you actually worried about that. And again, I think girls just don't... They kind of, like, undermine that stuff with thinking that guys are actually, like, concerned about that like I would at the time I never even thought that you actually cared about that but um for advice on long distance if you had like one piece of advice you would give for anyone that's going into long distance or that's thinking of doing long distance what would you say um 
I'd probably say that if you, in, in any point while you're, like, apart, if you create, like, accidentally or purposefully create some sort of, like, gap of communication or, like, kind of, like, distance yourself, like, on purpose or like not on purpose. Yeah, like, ignoring or, like, just, like, going a couple days without talking, it that's it hurts it that's so gonna much. ruin it like so quickly it'll be like days where like that like it'll just be done and that actually caused us to break up you which we'll to, get into you have to be like i'm not saying you have to text each other like 24 7 be on the no. phone all the time i'm just saying that like you can't just kind of like leave the relationship alone like it's nothing you have to put the effort in yeah effort is so important especially in long distance to add to that, I do want to say, um, make sure you have trust and make sure you have the communication part down because you could, one thing that I struggled with also was thinking that since we weren't texting or something, or you said something like, okay, I would think then he didn't want to talk. So I would not send him a text. I wouldn't say anything until like way later in the night he would text me and be like why haven't we talked all day like why haven't you said anything are you mad at me and as a girl again you don't think that guys like really care about that but they do so i have i have a little piece of advice because we did this a little bit and i think it works well especially for nowadays like most people like your whatever whatever it is like your your girlfriend's going away your boyfriend's going away Something that you can do because you you both are most likely busy during the day is you wake up in the morning, you text each other in the morning, like just saying good morning or whatever, and then you both go throughout your day, do whatever you're doing, do what you have to do, and then at night you FaceTime or call each other when you have time and can actually have a meaningful conversation because... I can speak for 95% of people that are doing long distance. When you talk during the day and you're kind of just going back and forth, your conversations are, like, meaningless. You just kind of, like, BS each other all day. We literally don't talk. Like, when we're apart, even, like, this previous week when we were apart, we would text during the day, but it would literally be, like, one or two words. Yeah, but that's different for us because every... We've done this for so long. So we know it, you're like not upset at me. Or yeah, and at night we FaceTime every night. But and then we for talk about anybody day. that's doing it, when you text during the day, it's you're it's, gonna overthink it. Yeah, you're just like you're basically just spitting out you're stuff. You're like definitely it gonna matter. overthink it. So, so you just don't. It, I, mean, I mean, you can, but you don't have to talk all day long. You can talk in the morning, then go throughout your business, and then at night you FaceTime or call each other and actually like talk about your day or talk about whatever and i think another thing was worrying about like you falling out of love and i think you worried about that too i think when you're apart from someone for so long you do worry about like how that person's feeling about you and like with no social contact or um like physical contact not like sexually but just being together i think you worry about that and i think it's important to just remember like how yeah, because you, you don't feel someone. you don't feel the same way when you're like with someone that you do when you're apart. Like you, yeah, you need those reminders. Yeah, 
Um, so I definitely think communication, setting those reminders, just saying, hey, I love you. I want to see how your day is going. Just let the person know that you do love them and that will reciprocate. Like you will get that back. So moving on to when we broke up and what caused it and how we ended up getting back together. One thing I want to say is Carson and I, when we first started dating, um, I want to say like the first year we were together, even a little bit after, we had a very toxic relationship. And I think we both can agree on that so much because we've had so many talks about it. We just had a very immature and toxic mindset, I think, going into it that it was really hard to understand how to go about things and how to go about arguments and all of that. We argued every day like all the time there's always arguments and about we little things both, too i'm probably the most stubborn person you'll meet so, so he wouldn't apologize i wouldn't i wouldn't apologize for anything and i wouldn't like i would just like refuse i would ignore her all the time and that just caused so many problems um i'm gonna pause really quick so i think another thing that definitely helped us was admitting to our faults and owning up to um, insecurities and just being honest with each other. I think that helped us so much, especially coming back into our relationship. But when we broke up, I think it was mostly because of miscommunication and not communicating. Yeah. Would you say that? And lying. I'm a, I used to be a very, I'm not saying good liar, I'm just saying like I used to lie all the time. He, I'm really actually surprised you said that. Carson definitely had, I had an like, honesty a, problem. a very big lying issue. And one of my biggest, absolute biggest pet peeves was lying. And it still is to this day lying. Like, even if he jokes about the littlest thing and it comes off as, like, just an upfront lie, I will get so upset and mad about it. Um, now, I've, after, like, almost three years, I've learned to, like... He's learned. I've, I've, I haven't lied about anything in, like, the longest time. Um, I, so that's I, a good thing. So. That is a good thing. I think that... Um, if a guy wants to change for you, he will. What do you think? Yeah. If, if a guy he, if has he doesn't, those if, type of issues, yeah. you think if a guy says, okay, I won't do that again, but he does, what do you think the girl should do? Like, what's your advice to girls who have to go through stuff like that with either seeing that guys have flirted with some other girl or... I would say my advice would be to move on, but most people don't do that because they're, they don't, like... Understand. Realize it, and they don't understand. But the smartest thing and what will end up happening in the end, in the anyways, is... It'll happen. It'll happen, you'll have to leave anyway, so you might as well just get it over with. One interesting thing that I want to bring up that I've seen a lot on TikTok is guys liking other girls' pictures. So I'm going to ask you, if there's a guy, let's say there's girls out here that are listening and their boyfriend, is, they see that he's liking girls in bikinis or 
just liking other girls' Instagram pictures and it makes the girl insecure. What advice would you give them for that? Honestly, I don't... I think that whole, like, idea is kind of stupid. I don't think you should be creating a problem or, like, getting mad at your boyfriend for liking someone's picture. I mean, that's just, like... That's, that's like, the definition of, like, toxic. Well, like, your one, relationship will be so toxic if you do that because then you'll be, like, picking out the smallest things that are wrong, which is what I know Ali wanted to get into, like, no relationship is perfect. If you try and, like, pick out little stuff like that, it's that's all just going to add up over time. It's just not... So are not you saying happen. it's not... So I'm, I'm going to speak for the girls on this one. It... I will say, if I saw, like, you were liking a girl in bikini, like, liking her pictures and stuff, in bikinis, um, it would make me feel insecure. I'd be like, okay, yeah, well, I'm why saying, is he liking yeah, that? Yeah, it like, would why? make you feel insecure. Like, I understand yeah. that. But, like, if he, was ta- if he was doing that and then he was, like, talking to the girl on Snapchat or something, then you would definitely have a reason to be suspicious, but, like... But why... my Okay, I think my question is, why do guys do that, then? Like, if you're in a relationship and you're liking, like, a girl's Instagram picture where she's in a bikini or Because not all guys think this... Not all guys think like I do, where, like, they know a girl is going to be upset about that. Guys don't think like that. When they do stuff, they just think... They, they don't think. They just do it. So, guys don't really... I'm not going to say they don't care about what girls think, but they don't really know that girls like would flip Get out over that. About that yeah no but i mean unless you like really know who you're with you're you're not gonna think about that so again communication is key if it makes you upset that your boyfriend does that um communicate it definitely for sure um and one thing that i like that you brought up because i completely forgot was accepting that relationships aren't perfect here's the thing Carson and I have gone through so much. There's things that Carson does that I don't like, and there's things that I do that Carson doesn't like. A lot of things. And I think accepting that is huge. Because I think girls especially pick out, like, if my guy does this, I don't want to be with him. Like, he's not for me. You will not find a relationship if you do that. I promise you, you will not be prime. You want a prime example of this? What? Here's a prime example of something that I despise that Allie does. I am, like, OCD over the top. Like, I am so... I don't know what you're going to say. I am OCD over the top. Everything has to be, like, perfectly clean or my brain just, like, malfunctions. Like, I have to have everything clean because I I just can't. I I hate when stuff is dirty. Allie is not like that. She's, She's not, like, a slob. That's not what I'm saying. She just doesn't like think how I do she's not like oh this needs to be clean before I leave or something Allie likes to yes I do I will never leave a mess in the kitchen before I'm done or that's, before I start yeah, eating yeah that's true I'm just saying that Allie is not the same as me so when she if she like has a mess somewhere or there's like stuff that's not like clean or in order she kind of just doesn't really think much of it but I'm like every time I see it I'm like bro now I gotta clean this up so and then there's stuff that I do that she's like, wow, she's like, you can't believe it does this every single time. But you have to accept it. That's the thing is if you don't, and everyone has their imperfections, everyone has different things that they do that someone else may not like. Yes, there's going to be things 
like that, but I think there's a fine line between what to allow and what not to allow. Now, if a guy's cheating on you or your girlfriend's cheating on you, definitely that's it's most likely not the person for you. But if it's just little things like that, like your partner's messy or let's say like they leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> oh, that was at me. But no, it wasn't oh, at you because you never do. do but let's just say like little examples like that, like it's easy to brush off. So I think just accepting that things aren't going to be perfect and moving forward from it. Um, one thing for Carson and I, like we were saying, our relationship was not perfect in the beginning. It was nowhere near where it is now. Um, not perfect now, but I mean... It's not perfect now, but we're in such a better and healthy place. Um, There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. No, it's not going to be perfect. Definitely not. Either. But I think that giving, knowing when to let go and knowing when to not give up and to just keep working through your differences. If you really love someone, keep working. Do not give up on it. And that was something that Carson would always tell me when we got into arguments is that we're not going to give up on this. And I would say it too. We would both be like, okay, no, we're not going to give up on this. Like, we need to just work on it together. And through that time, you find out um, how to get through those things and how to improve and how to grow with each other, which is something that we've been able to do, which I feel really blessed. And I'm going to give a, a, a shout-out to Chris, Chris Beter on this one, because uh, Chris has helped me, um, my dad has helped me with all kinds of argument situations. Really? I and didn't know that. Love, Mr. <laughs> Something that my dad told me where it's kind of like, I'm sure most people have like been told this or maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Even when like you, like as the guy, you're supposed to be, you know, like the brunt of the relationship and stuff. Even when you're, you know, like you're in the wrong or like. Oh, I don't like that. Or you like, I know you don't like that, but. Even when you know you're in the wrong or, like, you don't want to do something, you just, like, you kind of just go along to get along. Like, if you do something wrong and you're being stubborn and you, like, refuse to apologize, like, just Thank do you, it. Mr. Chris. Just, like, apologize, get, like, just get past it. Because I remember, I remember, like, specifically one time we were arguing my parents, like, knew about it or something. And he knew that I was in the wrong about something. He was like... Period, Mr. Chris. He was like, just do, like, do the right thing. Just apologize Ooh. and move on. I didn't know that. What and was my, that? I, that was, like, less than a year ago. Oh, my gosh. Love you, Mr. Chris. And um, my, my dad, leader. My mom and dad give the best I advice. I love Yeah, can you we guys. touch on... Can I touch on that a little bit? Go ahead. About my parents? <laughs> my ahead. parents, they have... Not, their story is not that far off from mine. My dad's from Canada, my mom's from Illinois, and they, my dad played baseball in college, so he, he played in Canada, and then he went to college at UIC, my mom went to run, she ended up at UIC, and so did her brother, so they met there, and they have had, like, the strongest relationship ever They're since so then. They're so good. They Love both kind of did what we did, like. My dad lived with my mom and my grandparents because he was from Canada. He didn't have anything to rub together. My dad had no money. 
and they helped him out in that sense. So their story is not far off it's from mine. Not but far. they're really yeah. great role models for us because they they've done it. They know what the right thing to do is. They give us great advice all the time. They're always backing us up on everything. And they're we do. very they're very caring. I do want to say that. Um, love my parents. Big shout out to my parents. But yes, um, George and Vicky. Love them. <laughs> um, and I did have a good home life. But here's the thing: is I'm the youngest in my family. But again, both my parents were working. I was alone all the time, all the time. And so again, being home in Chicago, just sitting in my bedroom alone, you get depressed. You get like anxiety. Honestly, you get suicidal. I developed an eating disorder. Like going through all of that, you need to socialize. Like you need to be with a good, stable home. And that I'm so thankful that Carson's parents gave me when I really did need it. Um, and when I couldn't go anywhere else to get it, they really did save me in such like an amazing and unreal way so big shout out to them again everyone who judged us for living together there you go there's your answer um what else i don't think we're missing anything else if you had to give any advice to anyone who is either going through heartbreak or is in like the waiting period of waiting to find their soulmate what would you say um I'd probably say just be patient. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna bring up an example, and he might be mad at me for this. He might not, but my younger brother Colin, um, Colin, for the longest ever since Ali and I were dating, Colin always like he he'll deny it. He'll deny it to like the end of the world, but he will always make little comments about like having a girlfriend. Like my older brother has a girlfriend, so he would be like. He's like, oh, I'm the only one that doesn't have a girlfriend now. Or, like, he'll just, like, throw little comments like that. And then he would always say stuff like, oh, I'm never getting a girlfriend. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm never getting a girlfriend. He'd just, like, combat himself left and right. And here comes Sophie. And now, uh, as of, like, I don't know, a month, a month and a half, uh, Colin has a girlfriend. Uh, Her name's Sophie. Love you, Sophie, so much. Uh, And that kind of just, because Colin was always, like, he would always make comments about it all the time. So I think that he kind of learned to just kind of be patient and just yeah. kind of leave it be. But I, th- I thought it was kind of funny because he... But I, Cade would say, Cade would do the same thing. My older brother would do the same thing. Oh, I'm never getting a girlfriend. I'm, ne- I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I don't, not, I'm not doing that with girlfriends. I'm like, okay. And I, <laughs> I did the same thing. I probably did, I did the same thing before I met Ellie. So... You can say that all you want, put on like a front about it, but just be patient and focus on other stuff. Focus yeah. on school, sports, whatever you do. If you're one thing that I remember before I met Carson was you find love where you're not looking for it, or when you're not looking for it. It's some it's something like that. But um, when I did meet Carson, I was going through like such bad heartbreak and. Um, I said like a soulmate prayer every single night and a month later I ended up meeting Carson and here we are three years later um, just doing so good in life and so 
if you are in that waiting period or you're going through heartbreak, my biggest thing is that you will find someone better. You always will. I promise you. If you are meant to be with someone, you will be with them. Um, and if the person cares, you will feel it. You will not have to question it. So I think that's my biggest thing of advice is to stay patient also. I think that's so We didn't so talk good. about this guy. And so now we have Smidgen, too. We have a puppy dog. If you're watching on YouTube, you may be able to see him. Oh, you're okay. We'll have him say goodbye as we close off. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any more questions, you can DM me. My Instagram is Godfrey with two Ys. Um, and you will see a lot more of Carson on there. But I hope you were able to touch base on a lot of things that maybe people were... Um, thinking about or had questions about um maybe we'll have carson on for like a little part two we'll see anything you want to say anything else no good okay thank you guys for watching thank you guys for listening um and we will see you next episode